Welcome, everybody, to the program. It is Thursday, which I like to call Friday Eve. And have I got a story for you? Because I think this could be you. We all think about it. We all actually do it. Or we want to do it. Rent out your place as an Airbnb and make some money, right? That is some sweet money if you're not going to be in your place. Tonight, I have something to tell you that may forever change the notion that you might consider doing it. Number one, that the person who rents your place might end up as a squatter for days, weeks, months. And I hate to tell you, I have a case I'm going to bring you tonight of years. He can't get her out. He's tried everything. And when you hear this, your blood is going to boil because it looks like he has every right. How is this happening? Where is the law? Where are the courts? Turns out the courts aren't on his side. And I am worried they may not be on your side either. So while I normally do a show about murder mysteries, uh, this is a show about somebody you will want to kill. (laughs) It really is. When you meet this woman, Elizabeth Hershorn, the renter from hell, uh, you are going to think twice about ever opening up your place Uh, to something that we all seem to do, and it seems to be protected. It is crazy, this story. When you hear about what the squatter lady is now doing to the host, she's suing him. She is suing him. Okay, I've got all of that coming in just a moment, and I also have a list of your rights, which I think is really important when you hear this story, because we all think... Where are this host's rights? He is such a victim in this case. That's coming. Also, oh my Lord, I kind of had a feeling that the Tupac Shakur, um, you know, arrest was going to continue to yield nuggets of information. And I was right. Tonight, another blockbuster. It turns out a couple of the uh, witnesses who went to the grand jury told the grand jury they didn't think the trigger man was actually the trigger man. They had another guy. Totally another guy testified to it, and the grand jury still indicted Dwayne Keefe D. Davis. I'm going to tell you tonight why it doesn't matter. It does not matter what those two witnesses said to the grand jury. Nah, I got the wrong guy. It's not the trigger guy. It's not him at all. I'm going to tell you tonight why it doesn't matter. Not only that, I have for you reaction from the granddaddy of them all, Ice-T. Yesterday was Suge Knight weighing in saying, I ain't going to testify. Today it's Ice-T saying what he thinks about Keefe D and his future. I always love this because it's just such a saga, right? Going on for almost 30 years. And they are still in thick. So Ice-T coming up in a second with his thoughts on that. Also, two so we're at two months. Um, two months after a crime, you think you're getting close, right? Especially a horrible crime that seems kind of solvable because there's a lot of tips and evidence. Rachel Morin was killed two months ago, while out on a jog. And it turns out the DNA that the killer left behind matched the DNA on the other coast in LA, home invasion. So we've got the DNA of the guy. We've got him on video walking out. And today, investigators interviewed someone else in the case with a connection. I'm going to fill you in on all of that. Sheriff going to join me live. So here's how uh, this show is going to (laughs) work. Welcome to the program about murder mysteries, but I'm changing it up because tonight I think I have a story where you yourself might just want to kill the person I'm going to tell you about. And as somebody uh, that um, could be uh, in your life in the blink of an eye, uh, 
an overnight stay that never goes away. Let me start from the beginning on this one. There's a successful dentist in Brentwood, California. His name is Sasha Jovanovich. He makes it big. He buys his dream house. Look at this thing. It's beautiful, right? Beautiful view in L.A. Uh, it's got a guest house. And he does what every one of us has done or maybe wants to do. He rents it out on Airbnb. Brentwood's pretty upscale neighborhood in Los Angeles. Do you remember that? OJ used to live there. And soon enough, Ms. Elizabeth Hershorn comes along. And she signs a deal. And they agree that she's going to rent this nice guest house of his for six months, $105 a night. The deal comes to about $21,000. It's a lot of money. Um, this is all way, way, way back in the fall of 2021. When that six-month deal comes due, March of 2022, Elizabeth Hershorn, there she is, uh, she's not going to budge. Elizabeth Hershorn has been digging in her heels ever since. Elizabeth Hershorn will not leave. So get yourself a really good look at that face, commit it to memory, and beware if Elizabeth Hershorn comes knocking on your door. The dentist, the dentist who owns the home, owns the guest house, says he is afraid to even walk out of his door, the main house, or even walk to his car because that lady in the guest house is only steps away. And she's now been there almost two years. Two years. Did I say off the top of the show, it's a show about murder mystery? <laughs> you might want to kill somebody when you hear the details. The battle has been pitched to get her the hell out. Two years. And she has been refusing to pay, I might add, for a year and a half. Make sure you are sitting down for this next little bit. And make sure you pour yourself a stiff one. Because... She, Elizabeth Hershorn, is suing the dentist for $100,000. <laughs> She's suing him for 100000 after not paying rent for a year and a half. She wants all of her rent money back from all the way back that first six months. She wants all her money back and then some. Wait until you hear about the legal maneuvering that Elizabeth Hershorn is using. You might be thinking, why not just kick her out? Why not change the locks? Why not call the cops? Why not charge her with trespassing? And the sad thing is, it is just not that simple. And he is getting little to no support from an L.A. County judge who's told him he doesn't have a leg to stand on. Do what now? Take another belt of your whiskey, because I'm about to tell you a little more about the renter from hell. It turns out she's kind of a pro at this. Uh, she has a history of pulling this kind of a maneuver. She's also got a degree from Harvard. So, hi, Harvard. Uh, not sure if you're proud of what your alumna is doing with all her fancy and expensive education. I've got more on her in a moment. Also, uh, the lawyer for the host, for that Airbnb host, uh, who can't seem to shake her, that lawyer's going to join me in a moment. First, I want to bring in Gigi McKelvey. She's the host of the True Crime podcast, Pretty Lies and Alibis. Hello, Gigi McKelvey. I couldn't wait to get you on here. Um, before we get to all the loopholes, though, tell me more about one Elizabeth Hershorn, graduate of Harvard University, who will not leave this dentist alone. Look, first of all, I'm going to say if I were this homeowner, I would channel my inner Kevin McAllister from Home Alone because he knew how to get rid of unwanted house guests. But <laughs> this isn't her first rodeo. She did the same thing in Oakland, California, two months before she took up in this house. She this was the home in Oakland was two point six million dollars. She also countersued those landlords claiming their actions have been harmful to her health and accused them of negligence. 
I want to know who that guy is with his arm around her, but we are protecting his identity for understandable reasons. Okay, so I just mentioned in the setup to this um, that Elizabeth Hershorn, again, take a screen grab of this one and make sure you protect yourself uh, at all costs. She is suing Sasha uh, Jovanovich. She is suing the homeowner that she's squatting in. How is this working that she's got a $100,000 lawsuit against him when he is out like a year and a half of rent from her? Well, the Harvard graduate wants $100,000 for relocation fees. That's what she's asking for, in, in addition to that back rent as well. So she wants money to leave, $100,000. But good luck finding a place to live at this point or even a place to work. I mean, so, if she got wait, fired, she'd probably squat in her office. Wait, relocation fees? What, what does she That's mean what, by relocation fees? She, I guess she needs some money to, to put down on a deposit on another place. But that's what she is asking is for relocation fees and the, the rent that oh. she paid that, that he was due. Sorry, I, I got something in my um, earpiece and I couldn't hear what you were saying right there, uh, Gigi. My apologies. I want to ask you about what happened when Sasha went to court. Because I would have thought the proper redress in all of this is go to court say, I've got a squatter. Uh, she was an Airbnb guest. We had a deal. She overstayed it. She won't pay. This should be easy. It could take some time. That's a bummer. But the courts have to be on my side. What was the story with uh, Sasha, though, at the court? Well, the judge ruled that uh, this falls under what they call a rent stabilization ordinance, and this extends ev eviction protections for eligible properties, which this seems to fall under. Also, there were a couple of things in the house that were not up to code. The problem is she wouldn't let him in the house to fix those things. So the judge denied it and said that he could not evict her. Let me ask you real quick. I got 20 seconds left. What is Airbnb saying or doing about this? They have washed their hands. I mean, they acknowledge that she stayed past the rent date that she had paid through, but they essentially said, you're going to have to deal with local law enforcement on this and, and kind of turned and walked away. So very scary for people renting out at, you know, any of their properties and just crazy to think somebody can just walk in your house and stay. And then you have to pay money to try to get them out no, if still, you even can. I still can't believe it. I still keep thinking there has to be a mistake here. There has to be. But Gigi, thank you. Great reporting. I appreciate it. I want to bring in Sebastian Rucci. He's the attorney for Sasha Jovanovic. Uh, he, you know, the dentist uh, who owns that beautiful home in Brentwood. Okay, uh, Mr. Rucci, I keep saying there's got to be something wrong here. The courts would have to be on your client's side. They would have to be sympathetic to a guy who cannot get the Airbnb guest out. Why aren't they? What's happened to him when he went to the courts for help? So we filed a very detailed complaint, about 56 pages. We had attached all the emails so we could explain the whole story. Uh, what they did is what's called a demur, which means we admit everything, it's not enough. And of course, my reaction was not enough, crazy. Of course there's enough. You haven't paid rent for over 500 days. You haven't allowed him in and your lease expired a year and a half ago. Um, but then what they argued was that uh, the city, actually, the rent control has, applies. They're absolutely wrong. They flashed some letter from the city that was like 14 months old. And the judge said, okay, do you want it with prejudice or without? And I said, no, make it with prejudice. So we appealed it. And then what we did, because we thought it was just a lot of delays and a lot of delays, is we filed another lawsuit that's now pending 
where we add the city to it so the city could explain itself. So basically, it's like somebody throwing a rock at you and running and hiding. You can't even basically get him in front of you to explain themselves. I so, still don't understand, uh, though. I, I was why, can't, why can't he just trespass her and then go through the formal eviction process. Whenever the police, you know, I watch uh, OP live, like on patrol live, where the live police always go to the house and they say, sorry, your tenant's being awful to you, but you're just going to have to go to the courts. You're going to have to trespass that tenant and then evict them. Why can't that happen here? Well, that is the formal process. You file a lawsuit. It's called an unlawful detainer. In your lawsuit, you explain why she has no right to be there. She has no right to be there. Not one reason, three reasons. And then you basically go through the process. And so what we did is split it into two parts. We did that. That one was up on appeal, and there's a new one. And then we did a separate one for just damages. In the damages one, she countersued, which we expected. So she has an avenue for her claim. She just get she just basically get the hell out of the house now. So the other thing is, I would think, again, you know, the average person watching would say, well, the lady has to leave the guest house to get food or fresh air or something why can't he just go back and change the locks and tell her to vamoose uh, once she can no longer get in? Well, there's there's certain self-helps that are not going to be allowed. We'll go through the legal process. We will get her out. She will owe a judgment to him. Her lawsuit will go nowhere. All her allegations and the statements they make are absolutely wrong. And they're just delays and they're very bad people. And then today I learned, like you, that she had done this before. So we decided to put that before the judge tomorrow. Oh, I would just be like going crazy uh, with anger and frustration, given the fact that he still lives there. Right. And she's just steps away. So just the imagine like neighborhood wars when they're right in your backyard, literally in, you know, in your backyard. So last question, and I don't want you to get into too in the weeds here, but I read something yeah. about covid regulations and, um, you know, California law about her calling herself disabled in some way. And these are the loopholes that she's used. I mean, she, she's a Harvard grad, so she knows how to read. Is that true? Has she been like literally using every single thing she can find to stay there? Yeah, absolutely. Everything. Everything. Oh, man. Like I said, you're smiling, but I wouldn't be. Uh, keep us posted on this, please, uh, Sebastian. I really appreciate you doing this tonight. I want to know when she's out and I want to know how this shakes down. And if your client gets any money back, I somehow think he won't. But um, thank you so much, Sebastian Ricci. Thank you, Ashley. I want to bring in Josh Schiffer now. He is a criminal defense attorney, civil uh, civil law or civil rights lawyer as well. He's also really smart when it comes to all this Airbnb stuff. So first, just give me your take and tell me why you know so much about this. I'm so I give huge kudos to Mr. Rucci for having such a good attitude because his clients getting victimized. This is someone who is abusing our system. When you talk about someone who has the sophistication necessary to look at a problem and figure out how to extend their unpaid for residency now over 540 days, she's done this twice. This is showing specific intent to manipulate the system. And she's doing it lawfully. She's using all the skills and the intelligence that she has and using the rules of the system against the people who the system is supposed to benefit. And that's Mr. Rucci's client, this dentist, who's losing money hand over fist with a non-performing high-value asset. Yeah, that alone. I mean, he's lost all the money from renting it for the last year and a half. And he's probably losing a lot of money just trying to litigate what she's doing to him with a $100,000 lawsuit. It makes me crazy. Can I just ask you, Josh, what 
What should I be doing? I know there's a lot of people watching right now saying, GAC, you know, I rent my place out when I go on summer vacation or Christmas or whatever. What should we be doing to make sure we don't fall victim uh, to people like Elizabeth Hirshhorn? Again, I keep saying her name and showing her face because I think at the very least, that's what this guy deserves. He deserves that she's out there and the rest of us know about her. And there are people like her everywhere. When I was in law school, I entered in the Atlanta landlord-tenant court, and we could spot these people a mile away. They had a thousand ways to stay in a place to get that extra time. And it really hurt the people that needed the assistance and the, and the compassion of the court. What people need to do is understand that their local rules, their state rules, or even their county province rules they're going to be very specific. And what goes in California or New York does not go in central Ohio or rural Alabama. There are a lot of states that have much more aggressive laws. And there's states like Georgia, where literally the complaint is the landlords have too much of an advantage. But that's because of examples like we're seeing here in California, where someone has taken some state well-intentioned protections involving disabled people, people that have COVID exposures, medical issues, rent stabilization issues. And this person is layering those on top, just like Mr. Rucci said, into this morass of cases. There's multiple cases going on, and she's not going to be out until they're done. Then are they going to really chase her and get any money? I truly doubt it. Landlord-tenant, that's not good, good commercial. There. I have a feeling you're right. I have a feeling he's not going to see any money and he'd be lucky if he gets her out within six months, just given lit litigation like this. So there's two and a half years of his life. He'll never get back. Josh Schiffer, good to see you as always. Thanks for this. Thank you so much. And tell Mr. T I'm his biggest fan. Oh, <laughs> you betcha. All right, Josh, for joining us live on this story as well. I have some breaking news that I want to show you. Video that's just come into us, actually, just since I signed on. Um, you know, Dwayne KVD Davis arrested in the Tupac killing. We now have body cam video of his arrest. I want to see if my control room can, um, I don't know if we have it uh, spun in time. Do we have it yet? Can I pop it on? We don't, we're still putting it into the system. So wait just a couple minutes. I'm going to come back. I've got all that stuff I told you about before, like these grand jury witnesses who say, wrong guy, uh, not the trigger man, et cetera, et cetera. And then also what Ice-T is saying now, because he's weighing in, granddaddy a rep, um, and that, that video, the arrest video, coming up next. All right, so we are just getting into our office. Some cool uh, body cam video, the police body cam video, when uh, cops showed up at the home of Keefe D, Dwayne Keefe D Davis, the rapper who's been arrested uh, for the murder of Tupac Shakur. You might remember this happened. It was on like, like 29th of September, and it was in Henderson, Nevada. That's just outside of Vegas. Uh, so finally, we get to see what it looked like when the cops showed up uh, to pick him up after 27 years of this case being a cold case. I want to just throw to it. I'm going to watch it live with you uh, as it's just coming in. Take a look. I can do it. My front seat's clear. I'm right here. Oh, I hear it. I hear it. Okay. Do you have anything on you, sir? No. All I had was a phone and uh, water. Phone bottle. and water. Perfect. We're going to put you in the car. I, I, need, I, need, I need to drink some water, man. I'm thirsty. Yeah, we'll let you get a drink, my man. You just going for a walk or what? Yeah. Okay. 
You do like a morning walk every day or? Okay. We'll get you some water, my man. Yeah, as soon as we get you in the car, we'll get you some water. All right. I appreciate it, sir. Let's walk over here, sir. Okay. Don't worry, your water's going to come. You got uh, legs? I don't. Anybody have legs? Yeah, I got some. Yep. Hold on before we put them in. Yep. <laughs> we got to put some leg shackles on you. It's just part of our policy. Are you wearing right? double pants, sir? You wearing double pants? You need to box. I'm going to jump in here and just explain to you why some of these people uh, are blurred out. Sometimes they're with the gang unit, uh, sometimes they work undercover elsewhere. Uh, that's why you're not seeing uh, some of the faces of the arresting officers. It's a little frustrating, I know, but at least you're getting the gist of this arrest of uh, Dwayne Keefe D. Davis on September 29th. Again, this is just brand new, breaking news, uh, body cam video into our offices. Um, the arrest of Dwayne Keefe D. Davis and the murder of Tupac Shakur. Again, you know, what's crazy is that he has said it himself. He's been kind of telling anyone who will listen in a memoir and in interviews the last five years. And Ice-T, Grandad Your Rap, has weighed in on this one. And I actually, I'm not surprised at what Ice-T's saying. Let me read it for you. Uh, he said this about Dwayne Keefe D. Davis. He told allhiphop.com. He said, he said it. No one else said it. He said it. So why? Why? Why would you say that if you didn't want to get caught? He names everybody else in the car, and now he's basically dead. He's going to spend the rest of his life in prison all by his own hand. You don't even need anybody to testify. Maybe Ice-T said that last little bit, because yesterday, Suge Knight, who's the only other guy who's alive in this whole melee, six people, two cars. Tupac's dead. The other three guys in the other car are dead. Suge Knight's the only one alive. He was driving with Tupac. And Dwayne Keefe D. Davis is the only one alive from that car full of four, right? Suge Knight says, I ain't testifying. The only witness, I ain't testifying. So that's maybe why Ice-T is saying, he didn't need nobody to testify. <laughs> because, oh my God, he said it himself. A couple other things um, you should know about. If you're wondering, like, what kind of, in his own words, uh, Keefe D. Davis just threw out there for the rest of us to consume in the last five years, he said this to the Art of the Dialogue um, about being there for the actual shooting. This is how he actually, like, said it. He just said it. Take a listen. So you and your crew, y'all on um, Flamingo and Coval, and y'all slowly pull up to Tupac and Suge in a black BMW. Tell me how that came about. We just took the gutter lanes. Like we said, we pulled up to the little stoplight, and they, they, they was making a ride. It was about 17 cars. We just pulled up in the gutter lane. I seen the ass. Yeah. And I first shot it. Hit big boy in the head. I thought he was dead. I wouldn't smile. Uh, he may have thought he had immunity, right, because he did this proffer deal. Problem is, is like, 
you have the immunity for what you say in the actual proffer interview, but you don't have immunity when you say it to the public. So maybe he didn't realize what he was doing, but he did it. Um, something else I want you to know about New York Post got some really interesting details saying that Keefe D is now in solitary. Guess I'm not surprised. He's in the medical unit of the Clark County Detention Center in Vegas. I didn't know that. He's in the medical unit. Um, there are grave concerns that he actually could get killed. Source said to the New York Post, he is definitely being guarded. Other prisoners are not permitted to go near where he's being kept. Uh, something you should know about the grand jury testimony. There's a guy who testified to the grand jury that they got it wrong, that it wasn't Orlando Anderson, KVD's nephew, that he threw the gun to in the back who offed Tupac. He said, no, it wasn't. It was the guy sitting beside him. And I know that because I was his roommate, and he told me he did it way back in the day. What? And then another guy testifying for the grand jury, Reggie Wright, he said that uh, back at the Soul Train Awards show six months before Tupac was shot, Dwayne Keefe D and Tupac got into it with a gun behind the scenes, like backstage at the Soul Train Awards. So all that. Which leads me to my next guest. Um, Matthew Fletcher grew up with Keefe D and Suge Knight, and he's represented dozens of Crips and Bloods in court, including Suge Knight. I understand this, Matthew. You cannot talk about Suge because he's you know, one of your former clients. I get it. I know how it works. But I do want to ask you about some of this grand jury testimony and what the police theory is that the Keefe D got the gun, procured the gun, mm-hmm. gives it to two guys in the back seat. They're actually keeping it open in the indictment saying that both the guys, including Keefe D's nephew, gives them the gun, which would mean that one of them or two of them were rolling naked, meaning they didn't oh. have a gun on them. And you, in all your background, know what that means. Explain. Right. The, the, the most amazing thing about this arrest to me is there's no new evidence at all. Keefe D has been running his mouth to whoever will listen for 20, 25 years. And his main story starts off, we just happen to be hanging out. And at the time, he says he's a multi-million dollar drug dealer, but he's in a rental car. And he's with four other people that are high-level gang members, and they go from South Central Compton to Beverly Hills, and no one has a gun. That's almost unthinkable. It's unimaginable. Because rolling naked or getting caught without one is one of the cardinal sins of this of that crazy lifestyle that they lead. And Keefe D is no stranger to guns or drugs or anything, and he admits it. So there's there's no new news here. And I just want to correct one thing: he's never been a rapper. He's always distinguished himself as saying he's a gangster. He's not okay. a rapper. And the other thing, and last thing, and I'll and I'll be quiet is he's never said who's done the shooting. He's very careful. Yeah. He says, I don't know who shot. He's hedged. So, yeah. You're right. But he said, I was there and I got the gun. And that's what the cops are saying. It doesn't matter who pulled the trigger at this point. If you say you got the gun and you passed it to the back seat, the narrative has it that Orlando Anderson, his nephew, got it and shot it. Well, this is what's interesting is that the, the grand jury witness is DeAndre Smith's roommate. And DeAndre was sitting behind Terrence Brown, and the word is from this witness, oh, no, it was DeAndre who actually did the shooting and bragged about it that night, and I never, you know, corrected the record, and Orlando never corrected the record. But do you think, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter for KVD, but it matters for you and me. Do you think that DeAndre Smith is the shooter, or do you think Orlando Anderson was the shooter, or do you think I, neither? I, I don't, have, don't have a clue, but I can tell you this, that story has never come up. 
And there's been multiple, multiple opportunities for him to come out with that story. He could have made a lot of money selling that story. It's never come up. It seems very convenient uh, to go in front of a grand jury, dangerous to go in front of the grand jury and lie about that. I, that just that's there's never been any hint or whisper or echo on any streets or any blogs or any court cases about um, anyone doing it. Now, plenty of people said Orlando didn't do it. And Keefe D's argument always is the same. Uh, I threw the gun in the backseat. He doesn't say I threw the gun in the backseat. He says uh, Zip or some friend of this gave him a gun who just happened to meet in New York. In uh, guys from New York and is a pimp and all of these things who supposedly comes up and puts Keefe D in the car and says, hey, I got a gun for you. Go make a million dollars because, you know, uh, we want to pay a million dollars to commit this crime, how they were going to possibly just happen to run into. Right. On the, on the strip. Right. <laughs> it's a likely story. Hey, right. Matthew Fletcher, you are now my favorite guest on this topic. Will you come oh. back? Cause I know this story is only just beginning even 27 years later. I have to have you back. Will you do that? Of course. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate this. Okay, still to come. It was two months ago today, Rachel Moran, a mother of five, brutally murdered while out for a jog in Maryland. And when police recovered DNA at the scene, it matched to another crime. And we kind of all thought, well, that's it. They're going to get the guy, right? Open and shut. Two months later, no suspect, no arrest. But today, investigators did interview someone in connection to the case, and I've got the sheriff on live next. Don't go anywhere. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, it's hard to believe it's been two months since that mom of five went for a run and never came home, Rachel Morin. Beautiful woman and just a grisly, filthy, horrifying crime scene. On a running trail, Ma and Pa Trail, Bel Air, Maryland. Place where you would not expect that to happen. And then it turned out the DNA that the killer left at the scene matched DNA from a home invasion in LA. Well, now we got somewhere. And there was video of the man leaving that home invasion. There it is. Look closely at the pocket. Look closely at the pocket. You can see a cell phone. So why do we not have an arrest? Why don't we have a suspect yet? Why is this all we have? It's a good question. I want to bring in now the man in charge of the investigation, Harford County's Sheriff Jeffrey Gaylor. Um, Sheriff, thank you so much for, for being with me. I am told that, that investigators have spoken to someone in the D.C. area today, connected to the case. What does that mean, connected to the case? I mean, you probably can't tell me who it is, but can you quantify what that means? I, I wish I would be able to give, you know, there, there's such uh, public awareness about this case. And we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, again, asking for the public's help. Look at that video. We think someone out there knows him. And I wish I could give you more detail. Just, uh, you know, again, the investigators working a lead. This wasn't the result of a tip. This is a result of evidence uh, related to the crime leading our uh, investigators into the D.C. metro area uh, mm. where they interviewed an individual relevant to this investigation. Um, it is not a suspect, but hopefully somebody who can point us 
in the right direction to identifying that person who is uh, seen on camera out there in Los Angeles. But again, um, I, I want to emphasize, you know, I, I do think that someone out there recognizes him, knows who he is, and uh, the family has put up an extra ten thousand dollars on top of our ten, and now the uh, law firm for the family has announced another ten. There's thirty thousand um, dollars out there for someone to uh, help find do the right him. Thing and tell us who That's he is. That's a good incentive, and I'm glad you mentioned the video. We're playing it again of the suspect who left the home uh, where the home invasion happened in L.A. But I have to ask you something. That door slams, and there's what I think is a male hand inside the home slamming the door. Um, on this departing um, assailant. And that makes me think that the male hand saw the face because he doesn't have a mask on. Why don't we have a sketch? I mean, didn't, weren't they able to give you some identifying qualities of this, of this now we know killer? Sure. I, and again, I, that question has been asked a lot. That is indeed a male's arm. And, and we have released, of course, there was a female that was assaulted in there. Both of them um, saw the face of this suspect. Um, and investigators have, have talked about the possibility of a sketch, but we don't have one which, you know, without going into detail, is going to say that they weren't able to provide us with enough information to go down that road. They Again, could, this they, video, they, when you say they, you mean L.A. couldn't give you the information or those two people, the, the I believe the minor female who was assaulted and the male who slams the door, they didn't have enough information on him to give him a, to, to get a sketch artist to render something. Which one is it? Well, certainly, I, I don't know. Uh, L.A. is conducting their own investigation into the crime out there, which was some months back. And I don't I don't know. I can't say factually whether that was asked for or not by them at the time of that crime. Our investigators traveled to Los Angeles and went to um, that residence with the uh, Los Angeles Police Department. And those kind of th- things were pursued as possible investigative leads, um, but were not able to be um, developed any further. So we don't I, have I wanna, that. I want to help you. I want sure. that sketch on the air. I want to help you uh, help L.A. Uh, find this guy. But oh, it's so hard with the, such a tiny piece of evidence as that ring cam. We only see the back of him. But we do see a cell phone. He's got a cell phone. So the next question, obviously, in digital forensics, what about matching pings? Whatever pinged in that neighborhood on that night, what pinged in, you know, Hartford County the, the night, the day that, uh, well, the evening that Rachel was killed? Aren't, aren't there any forensics that match? Well, I, I would say so far, you know, there's a lot of things that can be done technology and science-wise with, between uh, technology there, cell phone, other devices, or the DNA, and we are working all those leads. We have a lot of people calling us, letting us know what can be done. Trust me, our investigators know what can be done. We're not, lead, we're not releasing the actual investigative details, of course, um, but trust me, if it's been suggested, it's it's already been I done. I believe you. We're, follow, we're following these leads. I believe you. I, my only concern, ha- having done this job for way too long, is that he's out there and we've all been told he's going to do it again. And it's been two months. So I'm fearful about the next victim. And I know that when there are exigent circumstances like that, you can jump the line in the investigations. You can jump the line in DNA. You can jump the line in the digital phone ping match. So that's why I'm asking, why I- don't we have that yet? Well, no, no, I will tell you, everyone from the state police to the FBI, um, the people that we are turning to to help us with either technology or science, there is no delay in processing evidence in this case. We are getting all the cooperation necessary. Um, it's just that that hasn't identified. And none of those leads have taken us to identify that person on that video. And again, you know, we're, although we're following other leads, that video remains our best, um, best lead so far. And yeah, you're right. It's not the, the best video. It's the best we have. But someone out there off of what they see in that picture 
knows who that guy is. It's bedeviling. I, I keep thinking anybody with a cell phone, uh, you know, they, they're creepy crawly little things, right? They reach out to find out if there's Wi-Fi in the area. And any neighbors that he drove by, he may have reached out with his Wi-Fi to those neighbors, too. That phone, I keep thinking that phone may well have been on him for the murder of Rachel. And, you know, there in his pocket, we know. Um, Sheriff, I'm going to keep calling you. Get me a sketch. I want to put it out there for you. Well, if, if we had one that was a value and something that we could share, we would. But again, that video is our best uh, our best tool. And the investigators continue to follow the other leads. But we appreciate the opportunity to come on and keep this uh, yeah. keep this case in the public's attention. I'm left more mystified why we can't get those two people in the home to give the details for a sketch. But we'll have to leave that for another night. Sheriff, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'll call you again. Thank you very much. I want to bring in Randolph Rice. He's the attorney representing the Marin family. So, Mr. Rice, did you, you heard that, right? Like, I'm super frustrated with what I see in every case, digital forensics and, you know, uh, forensic artists, and none of that is coming up with anything, it seems. Do you, as the family attorney, know things that I don't know? We know a little bit more. Um, we've obviously, and, and, and to be honest, Ash, I was, but the trial lawyer in me wanted to jump in and start to cross-examine the, the sheriff, but I you know, understand we respect, obviously, what they're doing in their investigation. And I get um, that, too. We have I, I get it. We, we are all fascinated, right? <laughs> but they have a job to do, and they have to provide a DA uh, with, you know, evidence right. that can hold up in court. So I do get it. But I'm maddened about the idea that we can't get anything more, any kind of sketch artist to help us find this monster. Well, here's another thing that we, we probably should know. And, and if we want to maybe ask the sheriff another date is, why do we know the, the speech pattern of the suspect as he left the house? He appears to say something acknowledging the individuals in the home. Does he have a very thick Spanish accent? We've, they've identified him as, as a Hispanic male. Does he speak the King's English? And, and, he, and th that may help us or at least the family understand what's going on. Um, something we have learned. Nobody knows the location of the house. We decided to spend hundreds of hours on satellite imagery, knowing that this happened in the 77th district of the LA uh, Police Department. We looked at uh, aerial photos or um, satellite photos and found the actual house. That then has led us to the opportunity to where we are now going to launch a canvassing program in California starting next week. Hopefully, if we get all of our ducks in a row, because we've got a lot of things that we have to line up in both English and Spanish as well. What will the questions be in the canvassing program? Well, we're going to make sure that we're hitting the, the big topics here. One is that they know that there's a reward. And two, that we really want to, just like in the digital campaign, we're going to make sure that they are, have an opportunity to view that video. So it's going to be in part electronic, but more importantly, it's actually going to be something that people can hold that maybe when they don't feel comfortable at that point in time to say something, that they can go back and, and look at the video. We'll have links to websites. We'll have obviously the link to the sheriff's department where they can contact them. But it's one more opportunity where we're going to probably hit 10,000 homes in that area around that crime scene um, and, and try to find somebody that knows this this, this suspect. Because Someone as does. the profile of Pat Brown indicated, he, yep. he, they know who he is. He's, know. he's yep. around there. Somebody knows, especially with the way he walks. He, there's a lot of evidence, even though we can't see his face. Hey, um, Randolph Rice, I'm going to call you back again. I'm just going to pop something up on the screen, though, um, if I can. For anybody who's watching, you just heard Mr. Rice say, someone knows, RMTips at Harford's Sheriff 
org. There you go. Take a screen grab of your TV set right now and call or email with any information you may have on the killing of Rachel Moore. And she's got five kids that she leaves behind. And God, he is out there and he's going to do it again. So it's up to us to all help out and get this monster off the streets. Okay, I got a question for you. One I don't often ask. Would you kill this man? I say that uh, because it just looks like such a nice little scene right there at the altar. But apparently he thought it was going to be really funny to prank his bride-to-be on their wedding day. Let me just tell you this. What he did right there was not a good idea. And God help them for the rest of their life till death do them part. I'm going to play the video for you. And then I'm going to ask you the question again. Would you kill this man? Next. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training, along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, please visit usdeputy.org. Want to get out of just about anything and look like an earth-saving hero? Just use the environment excuse. High school reunion? Sorry, can't. Planetary obligations. Unfortunate bridesmaid's dress? Unfortunately, you promised the climate you'd buy more vintage. Chauffeuring teens? The earth really needs them to hoof it. The environment is always the best excuse. Find your out and opt in to cutting carbon. Just visit theenvironmentexcuse.org. Brought to you by WildAid. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans deserve to know about the best services available to them. VA's new radio outreach page is a prime source for that information. The page, news.va.gov outreach radio, houses public service announcements that educate veterans on a cross-section of topics. That's news.va.gov outreach radio. Pass it on. Today my bank made a big mistake, but I forgave them. My server spilled water on me, but I forgave him. My toddler drew lipstick on the wall. Was I ever mad? It got me thinking. I can forgive my bank and my server, but I'm upset with my own kid? I mean, what's most important here? So, tonight, the two of us are doing lipstick art. On paper. Forgiveness is in you. Pass it on. From PassItOn.com. A message from Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous. I came to Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous overweight and depressed. I was dieting, binging, stealing food, and lying about it for years. For help, call 781-932-6300 or visit foodaddicts.org. I knew I had a weight problem. I didn't know I was addicted to food. The FA program gave me a healthy body. I'm free from obsessing about my weight or food. Call FA 781-932-6300 or visit us on our website at foodaddicts.org. Thanks for listening to News Nation on the go. I'm Marnie Hughes, and this is America's fastest growing cable news network. My mom has decided to learn to paint, and she's good. My dad's now into creative cuisine, and I've already put on six pounds. Learning new things comes with age. My mom? She started forgetting my name and what we're talking about. Forgetting well known things doesn't. Memory loss may be a sign of Alzheimer's disease. 
Early detection gives you and your loved one time to plan for the future. Learn the warning signs of Alzheimer's at 10signs.org. Brought to you by the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. I'm a wife and the mother of two kids. And when I get to work in the precinct house and put on my uniform, I can tell you, as a police officer, we're building partnerships. This should be happening everywhere. So the police should be reaching out to this community. And this community should reach out to the police. That's the way to make this a safer place. Start the conversation and help stop crime. To learn the five things you can do, go to ncpc.org slash preventviolentcrime. A message from the National Crime Prevention Council and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. After I lost my mom, I lost my way. Then I found youth advocate programs, yet behavioral health services. As a little kid, I made some mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. YAP gives communities alternatives to residential care, youth incarceration, and neighborhood violence. After completing our program, nearly 90% of participants remain in their community. YAP works. I work it towards a bright future. Youth advocate programs. Others talk social change. We make it happen. Learn more at yapinc.org. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. So it is the moment that ends up in your picture frame on your nightstand for the rest of your life. Standing at the altar, the man of your dreams, waiting for him to say, I do. Think about it. All the hours of planning for perfection, the venue, the officiant, the beautiful dress, the flowers, the hair, the makeup, all of that stuff that you have worked so hard on, it's all behind you. And it is right now... Time for the vows to kick off the rest of your beautiful life together. And that SOB at the altar does this. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. Is it now? Is it a joke? Um, remember when I told you before the break, uh, this is a show about murder and you just might want to kill someone? This is kind of how I feel about that dude. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I am so mad. When... I'm going to play that again. And this time I want you to look at her. Don't look at him and his little stupid sign. Look at her. Take a look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a joke. Dude, I just want to tell you that you in big trouble. And for the rest of your life, don't you ever, ever forget the anniversary. Cuomo's next. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.